Well, welcome to any new visitors in the house. I didn't get to see who's all here that's brand new, but I feel like there's a lot of you here this morning, so welcome. It's so good to have you at Oasis Church, Chicago. My name is Pastor J.P. Trollio, <laughs> and I, uh, every time I say pastor in front of my name, it just kind of makes me laugh, uh, just because I never thought I'd be here doing this, so it's just awesome. It's the grace of God. Seriously, it's the scandalous grace of God, um, but it's such an honor alongside my wife, Rachel, who is up with the kids this morning. The kids zone. We got kids here. It's amazing. We love our children. We're believing for the next generation of children to just rise up. So she's upstairs teaching them. She's awesome. I wish I could go hear from her this morning. <laughs> but uh, we have such a privilege and an honor to lead this church and pastor this church and uh, just trust and believe that God's doing some great things and going to continue to do some great things in this city. Anybody believing that God's going to have some great stuff here in Chicago? I said, anybody thankful and trusting that God's going to do something great in the city of Chicago? Amen. Amen. Well, this morning, uh, this is just a, a, I like to call this a one-off series, a little sermon here that we have. We just finished up our series. If you haven't been with us at Oasis, we just finished up our series of Breakthrough. Was anybody challenged or encouraged by that series? I was. My hand is up. I needed it. I grew through it, not because I was teaching it, but because the Word of God was getting in my heart and soul and mind, and it just encouraged me. If you didn't get a chance to listen to it, I encourage you to go check it out on the podcast, online, whatever. Just really, I'm telling you this, this because of this. There was a lot of testimonies. There was a lot of praise reports that came in through our church because of that series, because of the Word of God that went forth for people. So challenge you, encourage you to go check it out, listen to it on your drive, on your walk to work, whatever the case may be. Just because I'm the pastor doesn't mean that what I write and what I hear from God doesn't challenge and change me. Trust me, it, it, it works me over time and time again throughout the week as I'm preparing and reading. And this message, I really believe, is a foundational message for this church. I want to waste this church to Chicago. I want this church to grow wide, right? I, I want us to have a reach across the city, near and far. I want us to reach as many people as we possibly can because we don't know what tomorrow holds. So what I do know is that the one that holds it today has challenged us and commissioned us to go reach as many people for the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen? If you come to Oasis Church Chicago, this is what we believe. We want to grow wide, but that's all good. But if we are not growing deep, we're going to be in trouble. This will last for a moment. This will last for a season. But if we grow deep in the things of God, if you as individuals grow deep in the things of God, you will grow wide. This church will grow wide. This church will grow deep. That is my prayer as the pastor of this church for your lives individually. That you would know the deep things of God. That you would have a, a deep knowledge and insight, not just up here, but in here in your hearts, of what God, through his son Jesus, has in store for you. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in his goodness and his mercy. I believe the cross. I believe in the empty tomb of Jesus. You know why? Because I know the love that it gives me. I feel it every day. You guys know me. If you come here, you know that I didn't always experience the love of Jesus. But there came a point in my life where I had to make a decision, right? Who was I going to follow? Who was I going to surrender my life to? The things of this world or the never-ending kingdom of Jesus Christ? Thanks be to God that his love pursued me. His love is chasing you down this morning. I want you to know that. If you don't hear anything else, he loves you. 
He's for you. He's proud of you. He's smiling down upon you. He's so, so grateful for you. He has great things in store for you. That is the God and Jesus that I believe in. So now i got to get into the sermon because we don't have much time. But I just think that somebody needed to hear this morning. We're going to be reading out of the book of Mark. Anybody have their Bibles in the house this morning? You all love your Bibles? Three of you. Praise God. I'm going to teach a word on the Bible this morning. (laughs) Anybody like and love the word of God? Yeah, amen. Praise the Lord. This is rich. This is powerful. I love the word of God. It changes and transforms me every day. It's living. It's active. It's breathing. You can read something once, and then you can read it again months, years, days later, and something else in that hits you. That's exactly what happened in this passage of scripture that I'm going to read. I have read this scripture passage over and over again. Mark is a, a follower of Jesus. He's, he's a believer in Jesus. He gives accounts of what Jesus did here on earth and his whole entire ministry while on earth. Mark had a, a, an account from, from many firsthand experiences of what Jesus did. And he writes this word, and I believe even though he wrote this many, many, many years ago, it's still living and active and extremely important for today. So if you have your Bibles, open it up to Mark 4. I'm going to read a lot of scripture. Is that all right? It's great. Praise the Lord. Jesus is speaking in parables. He's speaking in a, in a parable form. A parable is a, is a way of, of Jesus' talk to, to large crowds of people. It's, it's imagery. It's, it's a way of sharing a story in that time's uh, kind of way to kind of give people the glimpse of what the kingdom of light. This is how Jesus talked. He talked in parable forms. So that those that wanted to go deeper would ask him for the insight into what he's saying. Those that wanted to go deeper with him would say, okay, Jesus, hold up. <laughs> Help us. And this is what happens here. There's a large crowd gathering around Jesus, and Jesus says, hey, there's too many people. I'm going to get on a boat. He's going to get up on a boat, and he's going to start teaching people. The crowds came around. The the many wanted to be around Jesus. There's many people that want to be around Jesus when the trials, when the pain, when the sorrow is all hitting you. How many want to be around Jesus? Jesus, I need a breakthrough. (laughs) I'm here now. But Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. Don't just come to me when you need something. Come with me forever. Come with me through it all. Let's go together in this. And Jesus says this, verse 1. I'm going to read a lot of scripture, so just follow along. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd was gathered around him, was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake. While all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables and in his teaching said, listen. Okay, pause. (laughs) Anytime Jesus says, listen, (laughs) I want to listen. (laughs) There's not many times that he says, listen, period. This point right here, he's really trying to get some attention. He says, listen. (laughs) That's how I read the Bible. A farmer went out to sow his seed. He's teaching in a parable. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they were withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so they did not bear grain. Still, other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60, and even 100 times. Then Jesus said, he who has ears, let him hear. Pause. How many of you know the whole crowd, every single one of them, from what I would guess, had ears? (laughs) Jesus? 
You're asking a question. Everybody's got ears. What are you saying? No, he's talking about spiritual ears. He's like, any of you that really want to know what I'm saying, any of you that just don't want the quick fix, but the, ne- uh, ne- uh, the never-ending fix, listen. Anybody in here want to listen to what God has to say to them? Spiritual ears. When he was alone, the 12, those are his brothers, his disciples, the 12 bros, I love them. And the others around him asked him about the parable. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving, and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus goes on to explain to them exactly what he's talking about. Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. He's talking about the truth of God. The seed is the truth of God. The kingdom truth of God. Jesus is giving insight to the kingdom of God. You know what he's doing? Kingdom talk. Anybody got ears to listen? I'm going to give you insight into how the kingdom of God works. The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. We have a lot of people in the church today that are giving up on the faith because persecution and trial comes. No different from 2,000 years ago. Jesus is still saying, yo, listen, don't give up. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of the sight. The deceitfulness of wealth and the desires of other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop 30, 60, or even 100 times what was sown. Jesus, this is your word. We thank you for it. We thank you for the truth in it. We thank you for the hope in it. We thank you for the promises within it. But God, I pray today in the name of Jesus through your Holy Spirit that you will open up the ears of every single person here in this place. Open up the hearts, Holy Spirit, to receive what you may have to say today. God, we trust in you. We believe in you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen up. Listen. Jesus is giving a message to his followers and the others about a very strong principle here, about sowing the word of God in truth. Has anybody ever told you to listen? If you've ever been in school, you've had someone say, listen. I'm about to tell you something. I'm about to give you insight into something. Anybody? Just me. Awesome. I was the only one in school that teachers always told, listen up, JP. It's the truth. Oftentimes, I was the one that they were pointing at saying, listen. But there is a difference between active and passive listening. There's a difference between being in the room and just hearing what is said and actually being in the room and leaning in to what is being said. Oftentimes, we as people think we know it better. So whatever may be said to us, we don't really need to hear what is being said to us. Anybody? Three of us will all go talk after this and get counseling. We go into places and spaces, and when people say, listen, immediately what happens? I don't want to listen. You're telling me to listen. I don't really want to listen to what you have to say. There was a time when my brother and I were were about 12 and 14. He was 14, 15. My brother was an avid mountain biker, believe it or not. He did all the crazy trails and was like wearing a helmet with a camel pack on the back. We would always sip in the water. This, if you knew my brother, this is the funniest thing in the world that he was an avid mountain biker. But the thing about it was is this. He was good at it. And so me being the cocky younger brother, 
said, bro, you're really not that good, and it really can't be that hard. Seriously, you go down a couple hills, you jump over a few things, you avoid some tree branches, all this. It can't be that hard. So he said, okay, come with me. He got me a bike. He got me a helmet, thank God. And he said, listen to me. And so immediately, <laughs> I shut off. Because <laughs> if my older brother's going to tell me to listen to him, how many of you know in that moment in my life, I was not going to listen to my older brother? I knew it better. I knew it all. And he said, no, JP, please, please listen to me. I need you to hear me on this. And he said, when you go down a mountain, when you go down the hill, ride the brake a little bit. Just give it a little bit light tap. Don't full on pull the brake. Steve, yeah, dude, I know how to ride a bike. <laughs> I'm not dumb. I know how to do this. No, JP, please listen to me. When you're going down some of these hills, they're pretty steep, and there's some things there. Just ride the brake a little bit. Yeah, whatever, man. So we go. How many of you know I was not actively listening? I was passively listening. And my brother was trying to get something to me that was going to save my life. As we began to go through the trails, I quickly realized something. I had no place being there whatsoever. But I couldn't let my pride show him that. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I was freaking out. <laughs> freaking out. As we started to go down hills, I quickly realized something. That pulling the brake as hard as I can on the front wheel was the worst decision that I could have ever made. I went down this hill, pulled the front brake, and went head over heels about six times down the hill. True story. Helmet cracked in half. My back is broken, I feel like. There are scratches and bruises all over me. My brother spins around, and he leans over, and he's like, <laughs> should have listened. <laughs> he was right. He was trying to get my attention. He was trying to tell me something that would have potentially avoided me some pain. He was trying to get to me something that was so real, but I was just like, I don't know if I have the ears to hear this. See, this passage of Scripture, it's about the parable of the sower. And the parable of the sower, if you break it down just into layman's terms, what is it talking about? It's sowing the truth of God into your heart. It's sowing the word of God into your spirit daily. That's what this parable is. That's what Jesus is expressing to the whole entire crowd that is there. He's saying, crowd, listen. The word of God is available for you. The truth of God is available to you. But some of you will hear it and walk away. Some of you will receive it for a little while, and then you'll forget it. Some of you will receive it, and then it will choke you up. The world deceived you, and the, the pains of this world will choke you out, and you'll forget it. And some of you will follow it. He's teaching about the truth of God receiving it. But you know what I see in this? And some of you may not see this, but as I've read this and as I've understood the more and more about the things of Jesus is this. Jesus then goes on to say, hey, who has ears, let him hear. Why does Jesus say that? Because he wants to know who his real followers are. He wants to know better yet, those that have repented. Those that have repented to Jesus, because Jesus was on earth. Let me show you something here. Jesus shows up onto the scene before this in Mark 1, and he says something profound. You know what he says? His first thing in ministry, repent, for the kingdom of God is here. Repent, for the kingdom of God is here. Why does Jesus say that before he starts healing people? Why does Jesus say repent before he starts teaching people? Oh, this is good right here. 
You with me? You know why he says it? Because he needs to know who's going to come with them. Who's going to live a life of repentance daily with him? Who's going to surrender their lives before Jesus at his feet daily so that the word of God can be sown in your heart? So that the truth of who God is can really begin to take root. The truth of God has to be able to take root, and it can take deep root where there is repentance. Oh, this is good. This is challenging. This is never how I've read scripture before. And as I've read this, and as I've discovered, why does Jesus then say, he who has ears, let them hear. But guess what I saw then next in this passage of scripture? There was a large crowd, right? Big crowd. Big crowd of people. But only the 12 and some others came to Jesus. You know why? Because the 12 and the others knew who Jesus was. They knew the the grace that Jesus had for them. They knew that Jesus was a savior. They didn't understand what type of savior he was or what he was actually going to do on the cross. But they knew something is about this guy. I want to go follow this guy. I'm going to surrender my life to the grace of Jesus. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to leave these things behind. And I'm going to go after them. And so going after Jesus through repentance, guess what happens? You get the deep knowledge of who Jesus is. This is a hard word. This is a true word, though. Because I believe more than ever we have churches that are growing very wide and saying, hey, go live a life, whatever you want to do. Go do whatever you want to do. Go do whatever this world tells you to do. And Jesus is saying, no. No. I didn't go to a cross so you could do whatever you wanted to do. I went to a cross so that you could come before me and sit at my feet and just be with me one-on-one and live in me. And through you, I will give you grace. I will give you mercy. I'm not looking for perfection. We don't believe that here. I don't believe that for one second. The disciples weren't perfect. (laughs) Great news for us. But Jesus is saying, do you want to come with me on this? Then come with me on this and live a life of just daily surrender to me. Daily repentance to me. Well, I prayed a prayer when I received Jesus. Yes, you got into the kingdom of God. Praise God. But I believe that there's going to be a lot of people here on earth that are bound by the things of this world that Jesus would want for you to have freedom instead of being bound. And the only reason you're bound still is because you're not going before the feet of Jesus. Jesus wants hope for you. He wants to pour out his grace for you. He wants to bring healing to relationships for you. He wants to bring uh, restoration to you. But he can't get it to you if you're not going before him going, Father, I'm here. I'm here today. I'm not perfect. I've made some mistakes. I've fallen short here, but you know. You know. (laughs) And that's the good news. (laughs) You already know. Forgive me. Forgive me. I repent. And you know what starts to happen the moment we do that? The deep things of God start to happen. The deep things of Jesus, his knowledge, his depth, his love for you, that starts to flow through your heart and through your mind, when daily repentance starts to happen. Is this making sense? Is this hard? Is going before the Father every single day with repented hearts hard? Oh, yeah. Very hard. But it's the best thing that we can do as followers of Jesus because it opens us up to the greatness of God. The deep revelation of Jesus will come to those that go to the, that go to the deepest with Jesus. I hear oftentimes people are like, I just want to go deep with God. Sit in circles, like, I just want to go deep. Like, yeah, 
let's go deep. Like, like, like I, <laughs> let's just go, I just want to go deep. I just want to get lost in his deepness. Yes. Some of you are like, what is he talking about? I've been there. I've been like in that room where people are just like, I just want the deep things. And that's, that's true. But people are trying to go deep when they're still two feet in the world or one foot in the world. And they're not saying, I want to go deep with both feet in Jesus. You want to know the deep things of Jesus? Then get deep with Jesus. You want to know the deep things of God? Then let him go deep into your heart and rip out the things that are in there that are not of his kingdom. You want to know the deep knowledge and love that Jesus has for you? Then get at his feet daily, surrendering your life to him daily, and that's when you know who you are. We have an identity crisis. This is not in my notes. We have an identity crisis running rampant through the church of Jesus Christ. You want to know why? Because it's all feels. Woo, feel good. I love the feels of God. I love the feels of this worship. It's amazing. Oh, no, I watch it. I'm part of it sometimes. I just want the feel good. Give me the feels, God. What happens when the fields run out? What happens when you don't have a band playing worship? What happens when you don't have all the cool lights and the, the cool building space and all that stuff happens and it's just you and God sitting face to face before? What starts to happen? This isn't what I want. He's going to start to tell me things that I don't want to hear. He's going to start to tell me things that are in me that don't belong. He's going to start to tell me stuff that I don't want to hear about myself because I'm ashamed of it. Jesus never leaves you. He'll never forsake you. He loves you. He cares for you. Jesus is telling the parable of the sower because he's saying at the end of it, the ones that the word sticks, you want to know why? Because you want to be a part of the kingdom and a part of kingdom talk, then you got to be repentant before the Father and the kingdom talk of the heaven of God will start to pour into your ears, into your mind, into your heart. You want to go deep? You want to go deep? Anybody want to go deep with God? This is in that room where we're all like, do you want to go deep? I'm being serious. Do you want the deep things, the deep love, the deep truth of who God is in your life so that we can stop this identity crisis of people running around saying they're Christians? Christian! And not acting anywhere close to what a Christian's supposed to be. Not living a life that is called in this word of how a follower of Jesus should live out. Because you know why? We just want the good things of God. But we don't want the deep things of God. The deep things of God come through repentance and through the truth and the knowledge of this. How do we get this? When our hearts and minds are open before the Father. Repentance changes everything. Repentance changes everything. Repentance defined is just being honest and open with Jesus with the things that you've done that do not align with the kingdom of God, asking for forgiveness and turning from those ways. Well, I've prayed 100,000 times, God, forgive me of this. Help me with this. God, I just want to be released from this addiction, from this bondage, from this pain. Just help me, God. I've prayed it 100 times, Pastor. It doesn't work. You know what I'm going to say to you right now? Keep praying and believing it. Keep fighting in it. This is a fight. This faith is a fight, and it's worth fighting for. But it's going to call you to greater things. It's going to call you out of stuff where you don't belong. It's going to call you to push forward in your life because this faith is worth the fight. It's a fight. And the Word of God will encourage you through it. 
The word of God will, will, will show you when you're like, man, I've prayed this prayer a hundred times. I've asked God to release me from this a hundred times. The word of God will show you that he's releasing you. The word of God will tell you he's for you. The word of God will show you that nothing can stand against God. And so as you repent before God, as you say, God, I'm sorry, it says you turn away. Some of us are repenting and just sitting there. He's saying turn away from the sin and start walking towards the things of God. Jesus is saying, anybody that hears, hear this. The word of God is going to be sown. The truth of who God is is going to be sown into people. The deep revelation of who God is comes through repentance. Comes through you saying, I know who Jesus is. I want to get closer to Jesus. Jesus shows us that repentance brings revelation. Revelation brings us into lasting renewal. A renewal keeps us seeking after Jesus and not just receiving from Jesus. It's a lot. Let me break it down. Hope this is making sense. Hope this is stirring in your heart something. It's been my prayer that today we leave here different than the way we walked in here. That today we leave stuff at the feet of Jesus that we've been holding on to for far too long. That Jesus is saying, come to me. Just set it here at my feet. I'll take it. I'll handle it. And I'm going to carry you through it. Repentance brings revelation. Repentance is what the word of God draws us to. I can't help but read this word and often, if I should say 99% of the time, I read something in this word, right? Today even. I've been walking with Jesus for a little while, but even today, I read something in this word, and immediately, what do I do? God changed me. What I just read, wow, I'm not living that way. What, what I just saw and how you loved people, I'm not loving people that way. Wow, God, the way you told me to treat my wife, I'm not treating my wife that way. Wow, wow, God, the way you've, you, you show me how you fight battles and how you don't allow slander and discourse and hate and jealousy and rage and all that stuff happen. Wow, God, that's in your word. I'm sorry. I'm not living that way. Repentance brings the deep revelation of the word of God. The deep revelation of the word of God wants to be sown into the deepest places of your heart. Repentance brings revelation. Can I say this? I'm going to. The whole point of this relationship isn't to, to just fight sin. If you think that way, it's not the truth. The whole point of this thing is about a relationship to get as close as you can to Jesus Christ. If you're just wanting to fight off sin, guess what? You're never going to do it. You're going to fail. Oh, you're going to fail hard. If you're just like, well, I'm fighting this area of sin, I'm fighting this area of sin, I'm just going to stand here and just keep fighting, you're going to get knocked over. But if your whole heart is like, hey, sin is coming, sin is sitting at my doorstep, sin is, sin is all around me, but Jesus, I need you, come to me, Jesus. Please, Jesus, help me, Jesus. I can't do this without you, Jesus. That's what this relationship's about. That's when you start to get deep revelation of who Jesus is. That's when you know. That's when you know. Greatest news, they didn't have the Spirit of God in this point. Jesus was still on earth with his brothers. He was there. He was teaching. He was healing. He was bringing revival. And then Jesus died on a cross, raised to life three days later, and then he ascended into heaven, the word says. And it says that Jesus said, I'm going to give you someone greater. I'm going to give you something greater than me. Jesus, don't know what's greater than you. No, my Holy Spirit's going to dwell among you. My Holy Spirit's going to be with you. My Holy Spirit's going to be here. I, I'm with her on that. Amen. No, that's great news. Because the Holy Spirit gives us fresh revelation, gives us fresh, fresh vision. Fresh eyes to see. It gives us fresh. Gives us new. Gives us uh, anointing to know what is going on. The thing about this was they just had Jesus. The thing about today's church is that we have the power of the Holy Spirit to give us never-ending revelation. 
But the Holy Spirit can't dwell where there's sin. Oh, that was really good up until that sentence, JP. Love this whole message. Praise God. The Holy Spirit, let me say it this way, can't move in your heart where there's sin. See, sin is what separates us. But the love of God never leaves us. The pursuit of Jesus never leaves us. The pursuit of the Holy Spirit never leaves us. But where there is sin, he can't stay and hang around. It's like this. Let me just break it down. This is a really silly example, but I hope it comes out the same way. If I had a buddy, best friend, because that's who the Holy Spirit is to us, our best friend. If I had a best friend, and he said, hey, JP, I got a great plan. And I'd say, what's the plan, bro? He said, I'm going to go rob a, bur- a bank. Excuse me? Yeah, I'm going to go rob a bank. You want to go with me? How many of you know I better be like, no, I'm not going with you. <laughs> I don't feel like getting arrested for the rest of my life right now. How many of you know I'm going to be like, bro, don't do this. Don't do this. This is dumb, right? Anybody have friends like that? No, okay, me. I would tell my friends this. If you wouldn't tell your friends this, you're a bad friend. (laughs) Not like, yeah, go ahead, do it. Try it. It'd be amazing. If you get some cash, bring it my way. (laughs) If you are like that, we're going to pray for you at the end. (laughs) But if I was like, yo, don't do it. Don't go. Don't do this. This is going to hurt you. This is going to cause you pain. Listen, don't do this. And he went and did it. I'm not going to hate him. I'm not going to dismiss him from my life. I'm not going to be like, yo, I, don't, I can't associate myself with you. No, but I'm not going to go with him into sin. I'm not going to walk into sin with him. The Holy Spirit cannot move where there's sin in the heart. You know why? Because the word says the heart gets hardened by the sin of this world. Does the Holy Spirit want to invade and bring fresh revelation to you? Yes. How does it happen? Repentance. Father, soften my heart. Clean out my heart. Clean out the deepest places of my heart where there is sin that nobody else knows about. Father, I need you. I have been there. I have had to go before the Father and say, God, there is stuff in me. There is pride. There is arrogance that nobody else knows about. There are things in me that you just need to rip out, and I'm sorry. And as I've prayed those prayers over my time of walking with Jesus, I've gotten fresh revelation of who I am. I've gotten fresh insight into who God says I am. I don't listen to the things of this world anymore. I don't, I don't listen to the lies of Satan anymore. I listen to Jesus because you know why? I want my heart softened before Jesus every single day. Repentance brings fresh revelation. Anybody want revelation of who God is in your life? Three of us, once again, praise God. Daily repentance brings daily insight from the Spirit of God. It brings renewal. Revelation then, what does it do? Brings lasting renewal. Okay, so here's the thing. When you repent, you're forgiven. God forgets it. It's gone. It's done with. It's over. Satan will want you to keep being reminded of what you've done. Satan will whisper in your ear, you didn't get forgiven. You're still messed up. You're still broken. You still got too much pain. You're still a messed up person. You've fallen short too many times. You've done this, you've done that. There's no way that Jesus can forgive you. Anybody else ever heard those? Hear those all the time. But you know what repentance does? It brings renewal. And what renewal does says, uh-uh, <laughs> I'm renewed by God. 
I'm made clean by God. I'm washed brand new by the things of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your renewal in my life because that doesn't allow me to keep moving forward. What allows me to keep moving forward is the renewal love of Jesus Christ that washes over me every single day. So I am thankful for the grace of God. I'm thankful for the renewal of Jesus. I'm thankful that he's fighting my battles for me. I'm thankful that he's taking me farther and deeper. I'm thankful for renewal of the Holy Spirit of God upon my life every single day. And so knowing that I'm going to be renewed and washed, knowing that he's going to wash me clean every day, I can go before him. I can go before him. I can allow the word to be sown into my heart. Because, hey, God, I'm sorry. I'm here. I've shown up. I'm here today. Teach me. Show me. Show me the things in me. See, many people think this. Let me just say this if you don't know about God. And we're almost done here. The band can come on up. See, many of you think that this is how God operates. When you go to God and you tell him what you've done, he's doing this. Let me just say something to you. Renewal, God's not pointing the finger at you. Going before God and and saying, God, I'm here, and I just need to to hash some stuff out with you. You're big enough. You you can handle it. You already know, so I'm here. And when we go that way, he's not pointing the finger. You know what he's doing? He's opening up his arms. He's saying, come on. (laughs) I hear you. You're forgiven. You're washed. You're brand new. Come on. He's not pointing the finger. I'm tired of churches telling people they're pointing the, God doesn't point the finger. He has open arms. He has an open heart. He has a, 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 a sea of grace that is so big. And he says, come get renewed by me. Come get washed by me. That song that you're listening to that you think is going to help you get over that relationship, it's not going to help you. That magazine that you're reading about how to be sexy 101, it's not going to help you be sexy 101. No, I'm serious. This is the stuff that we do. We turn to the world to try to fix us. If I just drink a little bit more, if I just smoke a little bit more of this and do that, then that's what's going to heal me. That's what's going to renew me. That's what's going to forget the things that have happened in this world that I've done. No, what's going to change you is the renewal of Jesus' grace over your life. The renewal of his word into your deep heart. The last thing is this, and we're going to pray for some people. Many want to receive from Jesus instead of seeking after Jesus. What does renewal cause you to do, I hope? Seek more and more after Jesus. See, there was a crowd there. There was a crowd there that had seen Jesus already perform miracles. Before Mark 4, there was miracles already done. Jesus was already beginning to to have a, a, quote, fame. People saw what he had done. They wanted to come and see Jesus. You know why I think the crowds wanted to come see Jesus? Because they just wanted to receive from Jesus. Jesus, I just want to receive from you, and once I receive from you, I'll walk out of here and I'll be good to go. And Jesus says, no, this is not the point of a relationship with me. If I just expected to receive love from my wife all the time, how many of you know she would not be able to do that? She would not, she would look at me and be like, boy, you're crazy. If you don't want to get to know me, I'm not going to love you the way that I know how to love you. There's a, there's, it's a relationship. The crowds wanted to receive from Jesus. The crowds wanted the quick fix, but guess what happens? Only those that wanted to seek after Jesus went up to Jesus. It wasn't just the 12. Catch this, this is deep revelation. See, I think only the 12 were able to go to him. No, it says the 12 and others. Woo! You know what that shows me? 
I'm one of those others. <laughs> I'm one of those others. I get to go and say, God, I, I don't understand all this. Can you give me some more insight? God, I just want to seek after the deep things of you. God, I want to know you deeper. I want to know you more. God, I'm sorry. I've repented, but now God, show me the deep things. I want to seek after you. I don't need to receive anything else. If you think you need to receive anything else, you forgot what the cross did for you 2,000 years ago. If you think you need another breakthrough, you don't need another breakthrough. You got the breakthrough 2,000 years ago. If you think you need something else, you don't need anything else from Jesus. What you need is to seek after Jesus. You and I need to step into action and seek after the Father's heart. Pursue the things of God. And I promise, if we just go deep and seek, there will be testimonies, miracles, wonders that take place in your life that you would not be able to put any explanation to because Jesus is calling you. Psalms 34.10 says this, The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those that seek the Lord lack no good thing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those that seek the Lord, they lack no good thing. It's a promise. As you keep seeking after the Father, as you keep going before the Father, repenting daily, as you sow the word of God into your heart and get the deep knowledge of who God is, you will lack no good thing. You will not lack. You will not lack if we seek. Let me pray for us this morning. Heavenly Father, we love you. And we thank you, Jesus, for your word. Father, I thank you that you've called us deeper. Father, but the deeper calling is to, to just release our heart and our mind over to you. In repentance and, and asking for forgiveness, God, of the things that we've held on to, the things that we're holding on to, God. The places and spaces in our life that, Father, nobody knows. But, God, we thank you today that you know them. And we thank you, God, that even in knowing our pain and our sorrow and our hurt and our sin, you still say, I love you, child. I'm for you, child. I'm not displeased with you, child, but I am pleased with you, my child. So come home, my child. We thank you, God, that you're pursuing your people. We thank you, God, that you're running after your people. We thank you, God, that you're trying to grab hearts and minds this morning, God, and saying, leave it at my feet, my child. So Holy Spirit, speak right now. Release people right now. May forgiveness come and wash over this place in Jesus' name right now.